0: You are listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church, located at 3144 South Holm Avenue in Berwyn, Illinois. We invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9 o'clock a.m. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy St. Patrick's Day. You know, it's always a shame that St. Patrick's Day usually falls in Lent because it would be really cool if it was in Pentecost so we could have green up here. Right? Uh, You guys are all wearing green somehow and it's pretty great to see. Uh, St. Patrick has actually very little to do with how we celebrate it these days. St. Patrick's Day is supposed to be uh, about a saint, about a, a man who gives us an example of holiness. Uh, St. Patrick was born in the 5th century uh, up in Roman Britannia area. This is the UK now. Um, During his life, when he was about 14, he was kidnapped by pirates, which is kind of fun, right? Uh, Well, for us, not for him. And uh, eventually, he made his way out of that and came back to the place where his family was. He was ordained into the priesthood, and he had a vision A vision of a man from Ireland calling him to the island to evangelize to them. And that's what he did. He went to Ireland, he evangelized the people there, started the Christian church, and uh, ever since then, he's been a big part of their faith, even the patron saint of the island. These saints, guys like St. Patrick, we celebrate them not just because they're pretty cool, but because they give us an example of holiness. We tell their stories, we hear, their, hear of their examples so that we can imitate the faith of the great Christians who've gone before us because God calls us to holiness. That's what uh, Thessalonians, the reading, is all about today. The call to holiness from God. In particular, St. Paul mentions the call to holiness regarding our sexuality. He talks to them and says, keep away from sexual immorality. And today, that's what I'd like to talk to you about. First, I want to tell you that this is something we actually need to talk about. I grew up descendant of Germans up in northern Wisconsin amongst Swedes and Norwegians, and the people up there, we're really not good at talking about stuff, especially stuff that's important. In fact, if there's a way for, for my family to avoid talking about anything, we do it. And there, uh, you probably realize that there's a lot of families that are like that. In fact, I worked really hard to not have to talk about this today. I really didn't want to do that. I went through and I, I, focused, I wanted to focus on the word sanctification and talk about the doctrine of sanctification and what it means. And then I looked at the text and said, well, you know, St. Paul's really talking about that. And then I went back, back to uh, sermons like Martin Luther, and I read those and I think maybe, maybe they'll give me something else to talk about. But no. They focused in on that too. And we really need to talk about this because it's an important issue. It used to be that we could expect the people around us to help us with this. Society used to, at least on the surface, teach the right example to help us have the right understanding of the way we relate to each other with regard to this but no more. The story out there is different than the story of our lives that God wants us to have. And what that means is we all need to talk about it in a way that we're not used to. We all need to talk about what our sexuality is about, why it's there, and how we're supposed to use it Because nobody else gets it right. Non-Christians out there, they don't know what to tell us. We need to be called to something different. Called to something different than the world. To holiness and purity. Because that's what Jesus makes us. He makes us holy and pure by his death and resurrection. He gives us this new creation. And he says to live in it. By the grace he's given us, he calls us to live as the holy people he makes us. So we need to talk about it. So, what is it? God has created our sexuality as a good thing. For too long, I think the church's way of teaching about this was just the word, no. In fact, it wasn't just no. It was no in big red letters. And that giant circle with the line through it, people would come up and maybe they'd have a question and all we'd say is no. Look at the sign. It says no. But, But I'd really like to, no. Because it's awkward. We don't know how to talk about it. But God gave it to us as a wonderful and good thing, as a gift. It's something that is there as part of the marriage relationship. See, God gave sex to us as a way to bind a husband and wife together. See, it's this amazing thing that goes beyond our words that the two come together and become one flesh. This wonderful gift is there to build a bond between a man and a woman. In fact, it is so important and so built into the marriage relationship that this is what St. Paul says about it. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter seven, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. St. Paul says, you gotta do it if you're married. Well, if he says we have to, right? (laughs) This wonderful union is something that God commands and created for your good and when it's done well when it's when it's a husband and wife brought together in unity we see there an image of Christ and his church the union of the holiness of god with us his people you might think oh this is kind of weird right this is a super weird image this is what saint paul says he says therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Really, right? That is how united Jesus is with us, that he comes to us in this intimate, holy way. I had a professor once at the seminary who emphasized this so much. as He said that in this act, you were uh, participating in the divine. Something holy and wonderful. Now, it's not just for a husband and wife to come together, of course. We also know that it's part of God's command to be fruitful and multiply, that it's how we make the next generation. Now, the kids in the congregation are probably going la, 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 right? But it's there. And this is part of of how society is formed, husband and wife brought together to raise the next generation so that we can take care of the world that God has given us. All of this is a wonderful and holy gift that God has given to us his creation. But of course, since the fall, we haven't always used it the right way. God has given us these, these desires that are supposed to be used in a marriage relationship, and yet we don't always do it that way. There's a difference between the way um, God talks about it and the world talks about it. You can see the, the world has a different sort of life script than we do. Uh, when I watch TV, I've, I've developed something called the one kiss rule. The one kiss rule is when there are characters on the TV and all of a sudden they're attracted to each other, they have one kiss and then they're off. You ever notice that? They want to tell us that it's no big deal, that it's just something you can do for fun, then throw it away. That's not what it's like. It's out there everywhere, too. The the life script that the world gives us does not follow the traditional teaching, the biblical teaching of marriage. It's you date someone, you ha- are intimate with them, you move in together, and then maybe if you ha- if you had a good test drive, then you get married. And in fact, there are people out there who've never heard that this is the wrong way to go. Ever. Christians, even. The world has a totally different story about this. And it's tempting to not deal with it. Tempting to not talk about it amongst ourselves. I know Christian families who just so much don't want to deal with this that they let their Christian children go and move in with their their boyfriends or their girlfriends. They don't bring it up. They don't talk about it. They don't say about the spiritual ramifications of open and public sin. Why? Because it's so uncomfortable. We just don't want to deal with it. But we know that when we are living in unrepentant sin, it puts our salvation in jeopardy. How could we not talk about this? we shy away from it. We don't talk about it with our kids when they're young or when they're old, and we need to because God has called us to holiness. Now you're probably thinking, Pastor, where is forgiveness in all this? You're sounding really judgy right now. But you know the answer. Forgiveness comes after repentance, right? When we look at our sin and we say, wow, I am a poor, miserable sinner, forgive me. Not when we say, you know what, I'm going to do what I want. Right? And when we repent, we get forgiveness. We know that God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know that because Jesus died for us, he takes all of it away. So all it takes is, and I'm sorry and I want to do better. And you're forgiven. And that's the message we need to say as well. God has given us this amazing gift for our good. I think one other important part about talking about this is that St. Paul sends this message Not to the world, but to us. He speaks to the Thessalonians, not to the Gentiles. He says, finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. He says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. See, only holy people can live a holy life. People who are not baptized into Christ, they can't live a holy life because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Only we who have been forgiven, who have been saved, who have been raised from the dead by our baptisms, can follow God in this way. Which is why it's so important for us to talk about this. But even more, it means that this is not how we talk to the world see i think for a long time we assumed that everybody in the in our country was a christian for a long time we assumed everybody had the same opinion and the same way of going and the call to holiness doesn't go to non-believers What's the call to holiness? Uh, The call that goes to non-believers? Believe in Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You are a sinner and without your Savior you will die and go to hell, but with your Savior you will have eternal life. That's what they need to hear. They need to hear about the death and resurrection of Jesus, about how he forgives their sins, about how he died for them. Sanctification, the call to holiness, Is for us in the church which is why we need to talk about this to each other because God calls us in here to live holy lives both in the way we use our sexuality and with all the other things that he calls us to do God gives us a wonderful gift a gift for husbands and wives to use to bond each other together, to produce the next generation, and an image of Christ and the church to show us the salvation that we have. We need to talk about that so that we Christians can live holy lives that God has called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church. For more information about getting involved, please visit concordiaberwin.org. Like us on Facebook at Concordia Lutheran Church and Little Lambs.